Good morning, Eddie Koppels. Happy Thursday. Annie F. Downs, happy Thursday. <laughs> it is an honor to be podcasting. It's just a joy this morning. I feel it bubbling in my soul. Oh, even a little Southern and bubbling in my soul. You're I know. ready for it. I know. When you, you know get really, when you get loosey goosey, you get twangy. <laughs> I am, you know, I'm writing a novel that doesn't come out for a couple of years, so nothing to yeah. know, except I finished my first full scene yesterday and oh. I sent it to my agent and to my fiction coach and my agent was read it and she said a, ve- a lot of very nice things, but she also said, it reads very Southern. <laughs> oh, does it? She invited like, him. She invited him into the house for biscuits. That's it. He's, <laughs> that's Madam, it. I never would. He said, <laughs> looking at her, knowing what she was asking. <laughs> oh my god! She became, she became flushed in the cheeks. Stop! Don't make us have to do a parent warning at the start of this one. We only do that once a week. <laughs> Nothing would make me happier. <laughs> I know. Okay, so can you at all say how? It was too Southern because it's not like you were uh, writing it's, in Well, it's set in the South. It's set in the South. And so oh, okay. so the interaction between the characters is going to have Southernness to it because they do talk Southern. Yeah. But or have a, you know, that's how they are raised. But um, I think even I think the way I tell stories is a Southern way to tell stories. And so that's there's there's no way around how you talk about a Piggly Wiggly. And knowing the, do you know what a Piggly Wiggly is? I I, I do. The first uh, first one I ever went in, I saw an employee smoking inside of it. <laughs> that is not a joke. I walked into a yeah. Piggly Wiggly in South Kentucky, and the checkout woman was smoking. I thought, well, this is just stereotype on top of stereotype. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my main character knows a ton of people in the grocery, a ton of people in the Piggly Wiggly, which is a Southern grocery store chain, mm-hmm. and and so stuff like that that just is gonna end up being southern but man it's so fun writing a novel it's so different than any of my other books i was talking to a friend and and he said you're a pro at this and i was like no i've never done this (laughs) it's totally different words on a page are not the same because it's fiction or nonfiction or songwriting or poetry or you know well just we put the 26 letters in a certain order on a piece of paper (laughs) and it is very different writing fiction and nonfiction. Well, it's the voice too, and I—I I guess I—I'm going to ask a question that I don't know that you'll sure. answer because it would go away. Is it? Are you—are you the narrator of it? Is no, it the, no. Is it through a character? Oh, I guess I am the narrator. I guess it is. The whole thing is third person. I mean, I'm not Annie F. Downs is not the narrator. It's not like, hey, this yeah. is Annie. Yeah, Enjoy that's the this wild story. Thing. I'm going to tell you. It's yeah. not like that, but it is. We are all watching the same movie, including me yeah. when I'm writing it. Yeah. See, that's the really. That's so hard. Because people just don't realize that when you're writing as yourself, you always have the crutch of you can just sit back in your desk, mm-hmm. say it out loud like you'd say it, and then be like, oh, okay, that's how I'd say it. And then okay, you write but let it. me tell you what ha- what is happening with this novel is that because I'm such a, a, like, I watch movies in my head a lot. Like, I watch scenes in my head of what's going on. I play out things that don't really happen in my head. I mm-hmm. I replay stories in my head. It's part of my Enneagram 7-ness, and we're in the thinking triad, so we are in our heads a lot. <laughs> but uh, yesterday when I'm writing, I'm and I, I can kind of see the story playing out in my head, and suddenly I see a tragedy is coming, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. I don't want that to happen. Oh, no. She's going to see that. Oh, that's awful. Oh, my gosh. That's so well, sad. <laughs> And so do you trust that and go with it and yeah. just Yeah, because I knew because as I started to write it, I was like, this is what has to happen. And I 
this is so sad. I cannot believe. So the, I'm saying to one of my friends, uh, oh, I I hate to tell you this, but she's going to see this tragedy happen. <laughs> oh, man. Never it's in awful. her life had Annabelle been so offended. Right? <laughs> <laughs> she, she had the vapors. <laughs> uh, Annabelle. Um, Eddie, it's a big day today over in AFD land because my podcast yes. with Stacey Morgan, the astronaut's wife, releases today. The three Are we this, yes. I have I have a weird thing to say, and I know I'm interrupting, but I have I told you before we started. Hey, I need to interview about a, you about yes. a couple of things. Number one, literally on the list was how's the fiction process coming, and what's it like wow. writing in a different voice. Number wow. two, I'm not kidding. And number two was Stacy Morgan on the podcast. What's <gasps> it like? Oh my Talking gosh. To, it is is super weird. And so, I promise to everyone, I have no idea that I have not seen that list. You did not prep me. No, it's yeah, okay. it was it was fun. And he gets back on the space shuttle tonight and yes. lands in Kazakhstan at midnight. Yes, like he's he had to take a real shower for the first time in nine months today, maybe. Yeah, or tomorrow, and, uh, depending. Like, on what when are he wants you going to do shower. now that you're home? He's like, I'm going to go to Disney World, and they're like, Hey. No. Um, hey, quick note about that. Yeah, but we it is can do sad because he has to Chick-fil-A. quarantine. He has yeah. to. He has to do all that. But yeah, it's really fun. And today in AFD land, we launched a store. Yeah, we t-shirts, so keep, hats, keep going, and then koozies. I need to rewind. And I have more. It's great. Okay. Shopannyfdowns.com. Yeah, we had to do a koozie. I use it every day. So it's. But here's the problem. It's a very exciting day in AFD land, and yeah. I want to get back in bed <laughs> i'm still oh. tired i didn't finish sleeping <laughs> <laughs> You're like, i don't know if that's fine? on your list of how tired i am today but the li- the answer is yeah. i'm not i'm not tired i'm sleepy i just didn't finish sleeping but yeah. we've got a big day ahead of us we, we are blowing talk. through topics and is it possible to I'm then so sorry you don't need to be sorry but i just realized we're six minutes in and i have nine thousand questions so can oh, i God, rewind a little can I rewind a little yeah, bit to space go talk? Yeah, you want to go, yeah. Okay, so um, Stacey Morgan, so when did you, I don't want to, when did you actually speak with her? Um, A week ago. Oh, okay. So this is current. She's living in quarantine. She's living in this world and preparing. I'm curious, generally. For like, Drew to come back, yes. Yes, for her, yeah, for her husband to come back. How is she feeling about it? Because it's, I mean, they've gotten into, how long has he been gone? Nine. Well, he's been out of their house for 10 months. He's been in space for nine months. Right. You can do entire new habits and new lives in yes. that amount of time. Like We talk about it. Yeah. You, you do. I'm yeah. very curious to hear that. Like, because, I mean, it, a hilarious one is like her skincare routine and like her nightly rituals are like 45 minutes long because it's just been her after the kids go to bed. And she's <laughs> like, now that my husband's home, I don't get to work on my skin. You know, I mean, it's not, it's like... I don't get to spend 45 minutes doing that every night like I've been able to do for the last 10 months. I do. You, know? you get full so, patterns yeah. when someone's gone yeah. and a full you full you fully figure out life without that person. And that's gotta be because they have children, right? Yeah, four of them. Oldest is which, high school, youngest is elementary. Which they have been figuring out how to parent in this yep. super strange in person, very far away, on a phone hybrid thing. That they're gonna have to readjust to. Uh, there's the, I, you know, there's so much excitement about coming back and you know space flight and all of the insanity. But there's also just the very domestic part of 
anybody, you know, anybody who has served in the military who was deployed and gone for a year and a half and comes home and somehow it's like, now we pick up again? Like, how do we right. how do we do this? I am. In but they have also been through deployment. So they have done a version of this before when oh, he went course. to Afghanistan because oh, he's course. in the army. He's an army doctor. And so they've done a version of deployment before, just not when he wasn't on Earth. This time he wasn't on Earth. He's also got to be the person maybe most equipped in the entire planet to do quarantine. Yeah, I'm serious. He, right? He's just going to feel like, what do we do? Look at all these vegetables that I'm able yeah. to get once a month. Yeah. This is fantastic. That's right. I think he'll, I, if I remember correctly, she says it in the show, but if I remember correctly, I think he only has to like, when he, he lands in Kazakhstan tonight, in 24 hours he'll be in Houston, and he just has to live at the the like astronaut quarters at Johnson Space Center. And I think it's only for a week because uh, her and the kids have been full-on lockdown quarantined for two weeks. So I yeah, think he wow. his system has to get readjusted, like his immune system has to get readjusted for a week, and then he'll get to go home home. But they'll see joy. him tomorrow. Yeah. What a joy that will be. Remember, I saw the... I think it was the Scott Kelly documentary about him returning from the International Space Station. And he got home, and the first thing he did is he just jumped in the pool. And there's like, a, it, he just wanted <laughs> right. so badly to do that. It's the things that I wouldn't imagine. Like, the things I miss on quarantine are way different than I would have ever imagined. But I Like, definitely, what comes to mind? What are you missing that you didn't know you'd miss? Yeah, this sounds like a meathead kind of answer, but I really miss our little gym. Yeah. I miss the pattern of lifting weights because I cannot figure out how to replace that well. Mm. Um, and it's been hard. I miss going and hitting like, like some golf balls. Yeah. I like going, you can't I'm do not, that? My dad's uh, still playing golf. In Georgia, you're allowed to. I think it's... This is becoming a Annie's dad fan show, which pretty much I, I am an Annie Downs fan. Con- he, I mean, uh, he, Annie, oh boy. I try not to drill you too much. I'm a huge fan of my dad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Wow. That was more of a declaration. Yeah. Sorry. I'm a, Annabelle declared, I'm a huge fan of my father. Don't my you father. ever speak of, and my Don't you ever speak ill of him. <laughs> um, you're going to have to ask Golfing? me to stop. Yeah. I really haven't, but I probably could go hit golf balls. Good enough. Yeah. I think okay. you can. All right. I'm trying to think what I missed that I didn't know I would miss. Like, I mean, of course, like if you just said to me a month ago, if we shut down the city, what will you miss? I can tell you the things I'd have listed and I feel all that. Um, I wonder what I miss. I did. I, I probably just miss like, do you know what I miss? I miss going from point A to point B and neither of those points being my house. Yeah. Like I miss a two stop. <laughs> I miss a two stop errands. Uh, here to the UPS store, to the grocery to the fr- store. Yeah, to the, I, I, gonna drop something off at their house. Gonna go see them. Gonna grab that from the store and then gonna get a drink at Sonic and then I'll go home. And now it's like, now I will go to the grocery store and I will come home or I will go to this one house and I will come home. The thing I miss that I don't, as I'm the same way, the things I thought I would miss would be like uh, a kid's school. I thought it was a big deal when school got canceled. It's yeah. not been as big a deal. It's not, it's been lovely in some ways that we've talked about. I thought I would miss uh, going out to eat more, but mm-hmm. the whole restaurant community has rallied as best they could. And there's great, there's better takeout options than there's ever been. So you can yeah. get your favorite thing in the world and still have it at your house, which is kind of the dream. Yeah. Um, Sadly, my very favorite restaurant in Nashville is all the way closed, not doing takeout. No, no. Yes, Are they going to yes. reopen? I hope so. Uh, What's but it called? City House. It, what kind of food is it? Uh, Italian it is, it's like it rustic Italian. Like you sit in the restaurant 
and there's a huge brick oven right there. Like the kitchen oh. is open and exposed. It's just the most oh. lovely experience in the city. I think I've been there, and I, I think, think you have been there. Have I been there with you? Mm-mm. We went to Baja Burrito. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> which place also was, ooh, I love with on. my whole heart. We also went to some barbecue place with Andy. Yeah, we went to Martin's Barbecue with Andy Barron. Yeah, we. I, I remember eating that barbecue and trying to be conversational, but also having that food moment mm-hmm. where you're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Yeah, they're doing. They're doing. I've I've had their food once. It's a real yeah. funny balance of like cooking for yourself because I want to have a good stay on budget because I right. have a company to keep open and employees right. to pay. So right. I have to be careful with my money, but also I really care about our restaurant staying open. And so I want to get takeout to be, to enjoy it and to be helpful. And I, my, my, my dad and I had a long conversation Uh-oh. about it. Oh boy. <laughs> my dad and I had this long conversation about it, but about like, how do you balance running a small business and being wise with your money and being a good member of a community that you want to see thrive. That's hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard. It's I mean, even balance. we're doing it just on, we're not, we don't own a small business, but we're still trying to stay on budget. And in reality, it pulls at your heartstrings because you could go out to eat every single night and feel heroic <laughs> and That's actually right. be help, helping small businesses. But at the same time, uh, not possible. Okay. So that was my second interview question. The third interview mm-hmm. question was I was going to jokingly ask you about our mouse pads. And because, oh. <laughs> but actually, you have a merch store. So the weird thing is, is in order of things you just blew through were the, were the order. Literally, so what was on your, wow. Those are the three things. I thought I, there was just some Remind like, me anyth- what we were going to put on the mouse pads. It was really funny. Uh, oh, um, donkey. To- uh, it was oh hold on it was last friday it's about leadership oh oh, oh, oh two people are yelling it at us to something from something to like yep i'm looking i'm looking it's uh, everyone's yelling i know we're trying i'm doing the best i can my phone is open i'm looking through last i'm going to last friday i'm going i'm going to twitter right now i don't even this is terrible podcasting from baby goats to jazz leadership from baby goats to jazz leadership. <laughs> Do you I know, sometimes you, this is one of the yeah. most fun things about this show is that you and I make jokes and talk for 30 minutes a day. And on Twitter, they will remember things that I do not remember. Oh. And it oh, is okay. amazing. So that's why I'm like, oh. I know they're yelling because they haven't forgotten baby goats and jazz leadership. But I'm oh. a Yahoo who couldn't remember for a minute. Oh, yeah. And a quote, you, you mm-hmm. say to yourself, there's no way I said that. And then you think to yourself, well, that person's not lying. I definitely said that. It right, was just right, in right. the what what do you remember from a normal 30-minute conversation with yeah, a friend? Right, I, I right. Don't, I don't remember. I remember high points. I know. I know. So Here the merch store, can we talk more about it? Sure. I mean, it's just we've been planning it for a long time. We think it's I just like fun things and we thought it was yes. fun. And uh for the first month, we are donating a portion of the proceeds to CAP, actually. Because they're having a real oh. shortage of food for families and that they serve in communities in Appalachian regions, region, oh. and oh, yeah. so we're helping their Grateful Breads store for um, for the first month of our store. So great! That's kind of fun. Oh, that's yeah. great. So, are you selling T-shirts? Yeah, we have a T-shirt that says "Wowie Zowie, Eddie. It is hysterical. And does it only come in girl sizes? No, 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 no. I did no girl shirts. Only normal person shirts. 
Uh, I believe that girls are a normal person. Well, I mean, like unisex shirts, like <laughs> normal anybody. You and I, I can order the same T-shirt. Just because <laughs> I never wear those girls-shaped shirts, and I was like, why in the world would I have a shirt with oh yeah shaped shirts? Every so. time, no, I know what you mean, but it's like every time one of my cool artsy friends sells a shirt, it's always inevitably those kind of that kind of soft shirt yes. that leaves no question marks with my body type <laughs> and. <laughs> You know what I mean? Just it's like a yes. silky thing that just hugs me. And then also, I wear an XL. I don't wear a two XL. I don't wear a large. I just I am an XL perfect shape for that. Sure. But I will order it from one of their, you know, oh my band or something. Yeah. Which is great. I want to support them. And I put on the XL, and it's just like I'm I'm, I'm like I'm having to like powder my body to push it down <laughs> over top of me. I'm having to just like. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, if I it's see. it's one of those. Yeah. No, these are just normal unisex cotton t-shirts. That's that's what I am. So. I'm a unisex cotton man. Yeah. That's, that's... <laughs> I'm an XL unisex gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll be a quote I remember that shows up. <laughs> that one I won't forget because I said it out loud. <laughs> oh, my gracious, Eddie. Do you buy, I mean, so when you go to a concert, you're at your yeah. favorite band's concert. Are you buying the t-shirt? Very, very rarely. Yeah. I, I, I've got to have some. Even if it's em- your favorite band. I'm talking, you went to 13 concerts last year, but you only went to one of your favorite band. Are you buying that shirt? Hmm. Are you waiting in line? Uh-huh. Are you picking it out from the big wall of t shirts? Yeah, you know, I say I won't, but if I go to something that really means a lot to me, like when we went and saw Second City uh, improv in New yeah. York. Yeah. I, I couldn't not do it, and I brought, bought a Second City t-shirt that I never wore because I didn't want people to think I was in Second City and try to joke with me, and so it ended up just getting into one of the kids' drawers. Oh, but sad. I, you know, like, so, but I did have that emotional moment. Uh, Nats shirts, every time I go to a Nats game, it is really hard for me not to buy a Washington Nationals baseball yeah. team yeah. something. Um, Why don't you take shirts like your Second City one and make them into a t-shirt quilt versus just pass them along? You know that t-shirt quilts are like, all the rage. I love. I have one of all my middle school and high school T-shirts, and I love it. I have one that Sweet Brienne made for me in college okay. when we were okay. early courting, and it does have like our first Young Life shirt that we ever did when we were, you know, when we were like early dating. It is a very sweet T-shirt quilt, and so I have one. The thing is with T-shirt quilts and living in Florida is that. One week a right. year, I use a quilt. The rest of the time, they sit in a closet. So sure. I just have to. Gosh, y'all don't. I haven't even thought about that. Y'all don't have like a lot of blankets laying around, do you? Absolutely not. No. Wow, it's, it's, a, it's a non. It's a non thing. Wow. Yeah, we are in shorts and t-shirts all year round, and you get used to it. But you just don't have that life where, like, when I started to work in go up to DC a lot for IJM when yeah. we were allowed out of the house. I showed up one prairie treat and my really good friend, um, I'm not even going to say his name because he would see, be so pleased to be on this podcast. I'm not going to give him that. Oh, that kind of friend. That's how good a friend y'all are. Good. Yeah. We, he, I showed up to the prairie treat and we're about to walk outside and it's February. He's like, what are you wearing? Are you got a sweatshirt or jeans on? He's like, dude, it is February in Washington, D.C. Do you not understand cold? And I said, I actually don't. I don't think I have an appropriate jacket. <laughs> and I went home and I ordered a real, actually, Brian ordered me like a real jacket that yeah. I had. Because Florida people just don't have real jackets. Forgive me for not knowing this. Where did you grow up? 
I grew up on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> A little place outside of nowhere with a general store down the corner. I hate that you're reading my novel to everyone, but okay. I I also, you need to, uh, do we have a like some sort of word or something? Since we don't edit this show, like if I push too hard on a joke and you're starting to not like it because it's touching on something that's really personal, like uh-huh. a novel that you wrote, like you can just say like. I, I would probably just say, all right, Annie. And that would be, uh, that would be, like, yeah, if we were you, talking in real life, which we are, I would just say, all right, Eddie, I think, you, I think that's good. Right. Because you still also have a, that teacher, you still have a teacher tone where we all know, mm. where you can still do the thing that you need to do. Sure. You can, yeah. So. Yeah. No, okay. but you are, we are I, very I, fine I, on the, on the uh, okay. antebellum <laughs> yeah. jokes. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the very right. Southern <laughs> novel jokes. But for real. I, I grew up in Florida. Oh, okay. So you this is you've known this forever. Yeah. So I grew up in the Tampa St. Pete area, right by the beach, and liked it. And then Bree and I, when we got married, there's a whole long story that's too boring, but we ended up living in Kentucky for two years, which I loved while I went to grad school in uh, at Asbury Seminary. So we lived in Kentucky for two years. And I love how you so... call it grad school versus like seminary. Well, I went to counseling. I studied counseling. So I feel like when I say I went to seminary, people think I have like I'm a biblical scholar and I'm not. I'm a counseling student that went to a seminary to get a degree. Got it. Okay. So I took. Did y'all like, live uh, in that family housing down the street from, um, uh, what is it called? It's like when you're looking at the seminaries in front of you, the college yeah. is behind you, the university is behind yeah. you, and there's yeah. like family housing to the left. It is unbelievable that you know that. How, you, I mean, clearly you've been there. <laughs> yes. And actually, when I'm writing my novel, one of the roads that I see her driving down is that road, even though it's not set in Kentucky. That is that, that is unbelievable. There, the, Yes. So here, we lived there, except, you, you know, the nice family housing that's there? Yeah. Our place got bulldozed and they built that family housing on top of it. No joke. We were living, we, and we loved it. We lived in a cinder block rectangle that was yeah. 14 by 36. And it was just, it's exactly what you want being yeah. young and having zero money and sure. newly married. It was very sweet. Met yeah. What did Bree do friends. when you were in school? She was a counselor. At the, she was also studied counseling at Seattle Pacific University. So she was a counselor there, uh, basically. You know, like a school counselor or like a, a no, like mental mental health. Oh wow! So she just had like a counseling office, and so she, in her she lifetime, she's going to co- be a counselor and a lawyer. Oh yes! So she My worked gosh. for community mental health. Then she she was trained. She is trained as a counselor. Got her master's in marriage and family therapy from Seattle Pacific University. What then, is it like for two counselors to have an argument in a marriage? It is that is the great question, and I will tell Thank you. you. It is just like your dad loves that question. Um, My dad loves dad that loves question. It. I wasn't going to say it, but it's true. You're, My dad loves when people say that's a good question. <laughs> Aunt Annie, I was doing an interview yesterday and somebody said to me, that's a great question. And I thought Annie's dad loves it when people <laughs> say that. And I'm certain that Annie's dad is not listening to the new activist, but I had that in my that head. I'll send him that episode. Oh, he'll, he'll be so proud. Yeah, he loves listening um, to uh, so Two what counselors in like a marriage fight, with an argument. Fight like we fight like very normal people uh-huh. with all of the mistakes and trappings of a good fight, but we do a really good job of analyzing it afterwards uh, and, yeah. and, and dialing it in. So it's, yeah. everything's regular, but we have pretty good language for when we've calmed down, but it's remarkable how 
normal it is, even though everybody has their good counseling degrees. Okay. Yesterday, I was watching a masterclass and I like online and it was about writing. And the guy is saying, it's David Sedaris, actually. Um, Oh, I love him. Yeah. And so I was watching because he was talking about how do you introduce stories well? Like, how do you start a good story? And and he said, you, 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 he's explaining it, blah, blah. And he goes, and then you write it and then you rewrite it and you rewrite it and you rewrite it. And he says, and you have to let yourself make mistakes or the book will never come. Oh, boy. And I had this moment that like caught in my chest because I was like, that is one of my, well, seven minutes of serious. That is one yeah. of my fears in relationship is that if I misstep, it ends. And that oh, yeah. if there is a mistake, that it ends. And so I, I over, you know this very well, I overanalyze every step I take in dating relationships because I'm very afraid that, that I'm on a tightrope. And, and I thought, no, actually, the, you only get the novel if you write the wrong stuff sometimes. Like, that yeah. has got to be true in relationship, too, that, you, that you've got to jump a little bit and make some mistakes and do things wrong in order to get to the right thing, not not in spite of getting to the right thing or not blocking you from the right thing. Yeah. Well, I want to hop in on a thing you said. You said I I overanalyze. I will say, having talked to you about this a bunch, I I would say, and if it's okay, can I just be, can I just say about you? I'm talking about you. I don't think you overanalyze. I think you appropriately analyze and consider and are thoughtful with a lot of it. And I think sometimes, like everyone, me included, that in our worst days, the place we can let our our, you know, our psychology run wild is overanalyzing. So I just Mm. wanted to say, like, I think you are appropriately considerate of relationships and dating relationships. So I, but yeah, I, I do think, I mean, the best, I, I, it is always a mysterious thing to me that the person I care most about in the world, Brianne, just love her and just, it's, it's, it's almost unspeakable how much I care for her. I have said the worst things. I have shown the worst parts of myself. Mm-hmm. I have been the least kind. And you realize, oh, the only reason the good is good is because there is all kinds of honesty and messiness that precedes it. Because yeah. if the whole thing was when a couple says, oh, we've never fought. When I was doing premarital counseling and they said we've never fought, it's it's red flag A1A. You yeah. have to fight. You Beachfront have- Avenue? A1A, Beachfront Avenue? Oh, I can't do the next line because it's inappropriate. But you know that uh-huh. I know it because yeah. I said that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you don't. You don't need to be. I am just about to do the, your um, your novel voice again. It's all. It's when I get into a joke like that. It's all I can think You're about. You're gonna sing "Ice Ice Baby" in a ni- early 1900s Southern draw. Before the end of the show, I will because right I, now there's a whole TV in my head that's just scanning the lyrics, trying to find the joke. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. But anyhow, yes, with the writing, th- I'm, I'm no expert on how to write. You would know that better than anyone. But I, I totally agree with you. What I've, would you do right now for people who are in premarital counseling during the quarantine? Like, pretend you were practicing in your counseling right now, and you were. I mean, how would you counsel people in this weird world, particularly if they were in premarital? Well, part of it is I wouldn't change a lot. I still think in premarital, you have the same basic goal, and you can still do that in quarantine, which is to learn as much about yourself and the other person 
as transparently and brutally honestly as humanly possible as much as, as like as much as you can before you walk down the aisle. Yeah. I, I, I think that premarital counseling should be absolutely if it doesn't make you feel like it's the most honest you've ever been and you're being too honest and this person could never love you because of how honest you're being, then I don't fully know you're doing that you're doing it completely mm. right. It should just be by the time we get to that altar, by the time we finally get up there, it should be we know where the other one stands with our parents and with our upbringing. Do we want to have kids? Do we not? What do we feel yeah. about finances? Do we how do we handle money? Do we have the same general where do we spend Christmas? It should be, we should have road tested every single scenario. That you can think that of, average, yeah. And then when it's on top of this, then we also get the opportunity to go, okay, how are we behaving in stressful times? What does yeah. this person do during stress? How does this person break down? Because it's going to happen. It will happen. Yeah. The pandemic will end. The stress will not end. We will have to go through seasons of hardship and tragedy and mourning and loss. And so this is just an opportunity, I think, to be a student. And so for me, if I'm sitting in counseling a couple, we're still reading through every John Gottman book and demolishing it. We are still going through every single word that Tim Keller has said on marriage. We're still doing all – we're doing the Oh, man, Tim Keller's marriage book. I don't read a lot of marriage books because, like – it's like looking at a menu at a restaurant you can't order from yet, but <laughs> I I loved Tim Keller's marriage book. Yeah, it's I also think it's so hopeful for single people and probably hopeful for married people too to hear that like every person on the planet, every person on the planet is afraid if they say the whole truth they won't be loved. Like everybody. Oh. There's no one you look at the person across the relationship from you and you go he is going to walk away if I say this. If I tell right. him, he is not going to love me. And right. and every person on the planet feels right. that. Right. That is well, that is so hope giving. <laughs> totally. Well, and and yes, and also there's a there's a piece of it that's well, yeah, we're we're, we're getting deep into it, but it's also which is back for a minute thirty. Well, there's an appropriate time to let it all out, right? I think that sure. sometimes in, and especially, and I'm painting with a broad brush here, in the Christian dating world, we have a tendency to date one, dinner one. Let me tell you about my sordid history of blah, blah, blah. I sure. think there's an appropriate sure. time. to We open the valve over time because I think we earn trust. And then when we get engaged, there's a new level of trust that we've walked yeah. into and we continue to open the valve. But I think that you've really got to make a plan in your head that by the time by the time you are walking down that aisle it there is it is all on the table because yeah, to the, the best of your ability you've said all the things the beautiful right because the beautiful part of it is and the part of taking the vows that i think that people who have not taken them have a hard time sometimes the re you can well, say that me, that's fair well but i also sh i'm speaking in generalization i don't know if it's true personalizing it the reason that i cried during the vows and just couldn't hold it together is because I was looking at this very dear, sweet best friend who knew all of it and still chose to be there. Mm. And the reflection of myself in her was not a feeling that I had ever experienced. And people go, well, mm. God loves you like that. And I'm like, I get it. But God also 
is harder to understand sometimes and not yeah. you, harder to touch and feel and not looking at you directly. And I, it's, you know, it's one thing to stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon and fully understand God. It's another thing to have somebody standing in front of you and see, you see yourself reflected and there's just mm -hmm. nothing but love there. And so that's the beautiful part of it is the total honesty when it's then met with, yeah, but I still love you. <laughs> I don't yeah. have to accept everything that you are and I don't have to accept your moodiness and I don't have to accept it all, but I still just really care about you. That's when it gets beautiful. And we do that in friendship. We can do that. It's not just a marriage thing. Yeah. We're really yeah. getting into it. We can no, do that anyway. <laughs> that's really good. I think it's so helpful. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's, I I've just been thinking so much about coupleship in quarantine, whether you yeah. are pre-couple, mid-couple or couple. Yeah. And married or dating or engaged and just going, man, everyone, I have a, one of my dearest friends had to move her wedding, chose to move her wedding by two months back, you know? Yeah. You just oh, go, man, how do y'all talk through that? And how do you work all that out? And, and what is the, the additional stressors and the gifts of moving your mm -hmm. wedding by two months? And, and so, I, you know, so I'm watching that up close. I'm watching my own life up close. I'm watching marriages up close of my friends on Marco Polo who are talking about, what's going on in their homes and what's going on in their relationships. And you just go like, man, we, everybody's doing their very best. Everyone is afraid they won't be loved. Everyone is getting the opportunity to love anyway. Right. And right. umbrella over all of it. Nobody's done this. So nobody has done this before. Uh, so memory. we're sitting here. We have, we have people going, you know, if you have aging parents and your parents are dying and you're having to take care of them and it's really stressful on a relationship, it's really hard. But also there are people around who know how this works that yeah, can provide yeah. some counsel. There's a, there's books written. There's a path that it doesn't make it easier. But part of counseling, and I think we've talked about this before, but part of counseling is you're just in interjecting hope. There's, yeah. there's like, here's, here's others who have done it before. Here's how they did it. Look, you can do it. And the, the feeling yeah. of hope keeps us moving forward. Yes. The hard part of this quarantine is that nobody knows how to do this. Yes. And that's weird. That's just, that's a, that's a new test that, uh, that's, it, it's a, it's just, it's an experiment happening in front of us in mm -hmm. real time. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. So anyway. Yeah, we, we really did it. The counseling side, like this is the side of you that I'm excited for people to continue to get to know because you're just so good at, I mean, it's your counseling, but it's also you being a person and you and Bree's relationship speaking into your personness. But I just, well, you're very Thanks smart. for saying that. Would you say I'm better at this or at uh, real time writing your novel out loud? In that oh, southern. Oh gosh! Wow. I can't. I, don't mm -hmm. make me choose. Don't make me choose. Please don't make yeah. me choose. <laughs> um. You. Do you have a quick hero you want to bring? Uh, I do. I blanked out because we were talking so deeply. Oh, we did seven on. minutes Where's... of serious right there at the end. I did. I am at zero. I'm zeroed out right now. I have okay. no. Do you want idea me to? Was... Okay. Let me start with my hero. S sorry. To, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm gonna lead with in all this conversation. I am going to lead with my heroes are my parents. They've been married oh, for that's... 40 plus years and they are still like enjoy being in, trapped in the same house. And they, and I've always enjoyed watching how they're married. So I, I will give it to them today because I like them both a lot. That is mom, very sweet. Mom doesn't love the, um, that's a good question as much as dad does, but 
I like them both. It's great to be an adult and like your parents, <laughs> you know? She likes other stuff. Yeah, she likes other stuff I do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. She's she's very proud. Um, okay, uh, here's our IJM hero today. I love this one. Y'all know we've been partnering with IJM, which is a global nonprofit working to end slavery and violence around the world, especially, it's focusing especially on the most vulnerable, people experiencing poverty and that are being trafficked. So IJM works hard to make sure local governments are taking responsibility to find and prosecute violent criminals and helps build them up in their local justice system so that vulnerable people aren't trafficked and abused in the first place. So yesterday we heard about the incredible progress that's been made in IJM's office in Bolivia. And today we're going to, our hero is someone who's not on the front lines, but someone who lives here in Tennessee. Her name Ooh. is Cindy. I know. In 2007, Cindy read IJM CEO's Gary Haugen's book, Just Courage. And it's oh, a great book. book. I know. I know. You've read you've read Just Courage? Yeah. That makes me happy. Yes. Yeah, that book. I read it yeah. uh, before. I'm, I must have read it right when it came out because I moved to Nashville in 2008 and I read oh it before gosh. I got here. Yeah. Don't brag. Don't brag. I know. Okay. Sorry. I'm like so old school. <laughs> I had a, a reader copy sent to me. No that's right. Deal. No, not back then. Um, the book was about <laughs> trafficking and abuse around the world and Cindy was just heartbroken. But the problem was she wasn't on the front lines and she and her husband, Bob, did not have a lot of extra money. So listen what they did. They took their farmland behind their house and decided to start raising cattle. And every time they sold a cow, <laughs> no. they sent money to IJM. They like didn't have farming experience. I know. They remind me of Heather and Carlos Whitaker, who are like our local farmers now here in Nashville. It's yeah, hysterical yeah. to watch on Instagram and brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Cindy and Bob began their own little beef cow operation and they were able to send about $4,000 to IJM, which nearly <laughs> covered the cost of a rescue operation. I know. I just Isn't love that the it best? so much. I think it's so heroic to think of something that that original and that different. So she the saw ingenuity of Yeah, yeah. The ingenuity of people who support IJM yes. is, I, I think sometimes it's very unique to IJM because people are like, oh, we are going to support this. Yeah. And yeah. It, and I we don't have extra budget right now, but we we've got cows. And so yeah. here's what we're going to do. I That's love right. it. So if you want to be a hero friends and if you've been moved by any of these stories and want to help end slavery and violence, you can go to ijm.org/be a hero. And there you can sign up to give $24 a month as a freedom partner, sending lasting rescue and restoration to the people who need it most in our world. That's ijm.org/be a hero. All right, yes. Eddie, be a hero and give us a hero. How do you end this thing? Oh, I know who it is. I am so proud of our collective children who have pivoted so well. I was yeah. just so impressed yesterday. I was working at my office doing the thing, and I look over, even Lucy are fully both watching their teacher give a lecture, and yeah. then they did they did their work, and they opened up a notebook, and they did an hour and a half of schooling right there, and I thought the amount of change that they have dealt with over the last month and the fact that they are both just sitting there. And I think that my kids are not unique in this. They're just, there has just been an incredible pivot by yeah. uh, the school children of the, <laughs> of, of the, the world. world. And, yeah. and I think that that is awesome. So yeah, that's, I think very highly of your girls. Well, can Since tomorrow is our last episode for the week, will you invite them back? Will we tell them I'd like to say hello to them before the weekend? I will do that. And I will also say to people that were listening to the show today, there, I tweeted out a web. I have a website, and I just started to put all the links. So when oh, you start yes, to ask good. me about the John the John Gottman book and the Tim Keller book, I'm just going to put all of them on there right now. Okay, so what's you the don't, um, what's the link? It's just eddiecoffolds.com. 
It's, okay. And it's spelled just like it sounds. And people can look in the show notes. <laughs> we'll have all the links we talked about today. Yeah, <laughs> it's was... spelled just like it sounds. We'll link it right below <laughs> this in the show notes. Yeah, so I'll put everything on there right now before the show even gets released. Oh, you, right. it's a race? Okay. All right, friends, go wash your hands. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye, buddy. Bye.